Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Nashville is now a full-on party city. To a degree, it's always been that way. But in the past few years, it really has fit into that title of being a party city. People frequently say that Broadway in that area is similar to New Orleans during Mardi Gras. But like that every weekend and most weekdays during the summer. One of Nashville's nicknames is Nash Vegas. People come from all over the world to see what Nashville has to offer. While they're here, most people have a few drinks. A lot of people have more than a few drinks and they can do some stupid and crazy things. What I like telling people who ask about that, I tell them in general, there's a lot of people who think they can drink and try their best to but they just can't drink. While these people who aren't used to this level of partying keep consuming drinks, they can do stuff that isn't in keeping with their normal selves. On any night of the week, and sometimes even earlier in the afternoon or morning, we get calls from people who were drunk and fell down. Drunk and decided to hop on a scooter and fell off of it drunk and get into arguments with bouncers about why they absolutely have to go back inside the bar they were just kicked out of and then they try to start a fist fight with those same bouncers and to give you an idea a lot of those bouncers are my size i'm not a little guy at all here recently we've had a couple people that were drunk and fell off of party buses my point in all this People get drunk and do things that aren't like themselves. That may be some foreshadowing a bit when it comes to this episode, but we'll see. Welcome back for another episode of Music City 911. Forsyth County, 911. 
Hi, yes. Um, I, I need an ambulance and a place to my home. What's the address? 4450 Woodlake Court. 4450 Woodlake? Woodlet. Woodlet, okay. All right, 4450 Woodlet Court. What is your name? My name is John Myers, J-E-A-N-N-E. Okay, and your phone number is 609. Yes. Okay, what's going on? Um, we had people over last night when we were drinking. Most of us went to bed. One of them stayed on the balcony. She was drinking, and we just went out, outside, and she's laying face down in the backyard. It looks like me. I'm guessing maybe she fell off the balcony, but she's stiff. Okay, is she breathing? I, I don't I don't know if she's face down. Okay. How, how old is she? At 41. Here, hold on. Hey, this is Jose Barrera. Hey, have y'all checked to see if she's breathing? She's not moving one bit. She's not breathing. Um, okay. I just tried to assess her Tesla. She's completely face down in the yard. Um, she is stiff. Okay. Do you know if she, um, um, do you see any blood or anything? Where she... Are you there? I am. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm not... I was outside. It's okay. I'm not sure what happened to Alana for a second. Do you see any blood or anything to where, from where she fell? Um, I, I, I don't know if I should move her over. I mean, she's completely face down. Okay. I mean, can you just check and see if she's breathing? If, if she's not breathing and you, and you know she's gone, then just leave her where she's at. If she... Okay. One minute. Uh, I'm completely not sure. Okay, and that's the only blood that you would see? That's what I can see without moving her over. I had okay. her face. Um... Do you know if she, um, do you know if she was suicidal at all? I have no clue. I've met her one other time. Um, you know, like my girlfriend said, people were over last night. <clears throat> um, just, we were at, she was her birthday party. We are not the woman that we believe to be deceased, but it's my girlfriend's birthday party. Instead of having everybody go out, she had everyone stay in. And she was the last one I saw before everybody, I mean, everybody was typically put off to bed. She was the last one in the kitchen. She was just either waiting around for a ride or waiting until the morning. Okay. How far is the, um, where she would have fell from? How far is the deck from the ground? Um, I would probably say... Maybe 20 feet. Okay. You know, 20 feet from where your feet would be on the railing. The railing itself is maybe three and a half, four feet. Okay. And what is her name? Uh, I know her name. We call her Tam. I'm assuming that's short for Tammy or Tamra. Was she there with anyone else? Uh, your name is Tam Horsford, H-O-R-S-F-O-R-D, so the black female. 
Um, I don't believe anybody was. Uh, my girlfriend has cameras here on the back deck that we can check. Okay. That I think would have caught the incident if she fell from here. Again, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to say if she fell from from the deck or if she was already downstairs. She was the only motor here, and I'm sorry. Thank you, Adam. Awesome. Okay, I'm so sorry about that. So you think she just popped right. out um, smoking? Yeah, she was. She was the only smoker. I mean, I'm, I'm on the back deck right now, and you know, cigarette lighter, that type of thing are out here. Um, okay. I'm just trying to see where on the list mine came from. Okay. All right. Um, have, are all the people that were there last night? Are they still at your house? Okay. Okay. There are four people that were here last night that are no longer here. Okay. And they just left this morning, or they leave last night? Uh, do you know roughly what time each of them left? We can check. I mean, she's got an alarm system that gives alerts when the doors are open on her phone. Okay. But I would. I, I think the last time that I personally saw Tam was probably about one in the morning before I'd gone upstairs to bed. Okay. And, and at that point, she was the only one in the kitchen. I know. Okay. Let me see where the, everybody is. I have one um, deputy that's about to pull into your subdivision. So I'll stay on the phone with you just for a minute. Um, is this going to be around back? Is that the way he needs to go? Right. So we, um, when he pulls up to the residence, uh, there will be... One, one, one car in the street, four in the downtown. And does he need to come oh, and go through the house, or does he need to walk around the back? Um, they, they can go around to the, to the side. I'm going to grab my shoes, and then I'll direct them when I get here. No, it, it, it'll be easier for them because she's laying in the yard. Down, you know, basically on the patio downstairs. Okay. Alright, I have one that should be pulling up. You see him outside? Yeah. Okay. Alright, I'll let you go then. Alright, you. right, you're welcome. Bye. Let's do a bit of chatting on this call. And we'll start off on the dispatch end of it. I feel that the dispatcher on this call did a fine job. She had a good mix of pushing her own questions as well as just letting the callers talk. A 911 call like this can easily be put into evidence for a case that's involving someone who's passed away. And in this one, it was. 
the dispatcher letting the caller give details can set up a basis for questioning in a criminal investigation. If the stories don't match up from one time to the next, a level of suspicion tends to be there. So, dispatcher, in this one, she just let him talk in most of it, but also got the questions she needed to get answered pushed forward. The actual case itself, a lot of people view it as a homicide. So what did police find when they actually got to the scene? They found the woman in the backyard just off the deck, which was about 14 feet tall, face down, and lifeless. She was dead when they got there. The victim in this was a 40-year-old woman by the name of Tamla Horsford. From all accounts, it looked like it was a football party of sorts that was happening that night that she was attending. You heard the callers on that say that they were up most of the night drinking pretty heavily. Reports from inside that party, the people that were attending it anyway, along with other evidence, show that the victim did have a lot to drink that night. More on that here in a few. After the very lengthy investigation had wrapped up, a press conference was held. I am Corporal Doug Rainwater, the Public Information Officer of the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office. And today we have Major Joe Perkins. He is the commander of the Law Enforcement Bureau, and that includes criminal investigations. So now, Major Perkins. Thank you and good afternoon. On November 4th, 2018, at 8.59 a.m., the Forsyth County 911 Center received a call of an unresponsive person in the 4,000 block of Woodlet Court in Cumming, Georgia. First responders were dispatched, and sheriff's deputies arrived on scene at 9.07 a.m. Deputies discovered a clothed body of a deceased female laying in the backyard of the residence. The deceased female was later identified as 40-year-old Tamala Horsford of Cumming, Georgia. Ms. Horsford had been at the residence for an overnight party. Detectives from the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office Major Crimes Unit, Crime Scene Investigation Unit, and an investigator from the Forsyth County Coroner's Office responded to the scene. After an initial crime scene investigation, the deceased was transported by the Coroner's Office to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation Medical Examiner's Office for an autopsy. Major crimes detectives began a death investigation immediately following the discovery. Detectives reviewed the 911 call, interviewed all witnesses present on multiple occasions, conducted a neighborhood canvas, and interviewed certain family and friends during this investigation. Detectives were able to corroborate certain statements and view entry and exit logs from a home security system present at the residence. While the injuries sustained by Ms. Horsford appeared likely to have been received in a fall, detectives awaited results from both toxicology and the medical examiner's report to verify their findings. On February 6, 2019, the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office received the final medical examiner's report regarding Ms. Horsford. The State of Georgia Medical Examiner has ruled the death accidental and consistent with a fall. 
Detectives have spent the following weeks reviewing the medical findings with those found at the scene of the Major Crimes Unit and the Crime Scene Investigative Unit. No evidence or injury patterns indicative of an assault or foul play were noted by the Forsyth County Sheriff's Detectives or the Forsyth County Coroner's Office or the GBI Medical Examiner Report. During the course of this investigation, detectives have conducted approximately 30 interviews and spent well over 300 man hours conducting this investigation. With the findings of an accidental death resulting from a fall as recorded by the GBI Medical Examiner's Office, along with the extensive findings from the investigation of the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office, the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office has closed this death investigation. Again, the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office would like to extend our deepest sympathy and condolences to the friends and the family of Ms. Horsford during this tragic loss. Thank you. So as I said before, a lot of outlets and various true crime media, whether they are blogs or podcasts, they did view this as a homicide. There was one that I read that actually went on to say that it was an obvious homicide. Their reasons for thinking this, they were varied. There were questions posed past what were discussed there in that press conference. Previous, though, in several different ways, a lot of those had already been addressed. One of the questions was why one of the male attendees, Jose Barrera, who was the male on the 911 call, he was a boyfriend of the host of the party. Why, in December of 2018, he was fired from his position as a pretrial officer with the Solicitor General's Office of the county court system there in Forsyth. The reason for them letting him go was because he was found to have looked up closed information about the case while on duty. Questions were raised about that. Also, there were a lot of questions surrounding the victim's injuries. She was found face down in the yard. The injuries that were questionable were a cut to the victim's wrist and some other brazens to her legs. Some outlets claim that these injuries weren't noted in the reports from police and the medical examiner. That was not true. All of those injuries were noted and very precise reasons for the injuries, which were both consistent with a fall, were given in the reports. This is reading directly from the report. Tamala was located in the backyard in a prone position. She was lying with her head away from the residence and her feet towards the residence. Her left arm was at an approximate 40 degree angle from her body and the forearm and hand were bent further toward her head in the approximately 10 o'clock position. Her right arm was straight and by her side with the hand approximately six inches from the legs. Her legs were straight behind her with both feet pointing to the right. Tamla was clad in a one-piece pajama outfit consisting of a white fleece hooded outfit with dog paw prints on it. The outfit was clean with a small dirty spot on the right buttocks of the outfit. Tamla's body was sketched and measured. Additionally, the height of the main level porch was noted as well as the height of the rail. Multiple photographs were taken by crime scene investigator Fujimura. With the permission of Deputy Coroner Bowen, 
Tamala was turned over. Most notable when Tamala was turned over was the fact that she had come to rest face down. Her head had not been canted to one side or the other. Tamala's right wrist was fractured or dislocated. There was a large bump where her wrist met her hand as well as a cut over the bump as if the bone had cut the skin from the inside. There were matching defects on both of Tamla's shins. These corresponded with a piece of metal landscape edging which stood up approximately one inch from the surrounding ground. Other than the broken wrist and cuts to her shins, no obvious signs of injury presented themselves. Also in the report, the internal injuries, the actual cause of the death of Tamla, were given. She had suffered a broken neck as well as subdural hematoma on the right side of her skull and a torn heart muscle. So what made her likely fall off that balcony? The homicide theories were posed from various people. The likely reason, though, was that it was accidental. Here's another more lengthy quote from the report. Tamla had arrived at the house around 8 o'clock. Jean said, all the females at the house were drinking heavily. Tom and Jose had gone downstairs to watch football. Tamla had arrived with a bottle of tequila. She took a shot of fireball when she got there and continued to drink her tequila with Mountain Dew or water mixed in. The next morning, there was very little tequila left in the bottle. Jean said about midnight, everyone guys included, sat around the table in the living room and played Cards Against Humanity. The game continued for about an hour, and they stopped. People began cleaning up and getting ready to settle in for the night. Jean said Tamla had wanted people to stay up. She was very social and kept engaging in conversation. At one point in the evening, Tamla had FaceTimed her husband and children so everyone could see her family. After cleanup was complete party separated and left Tamla in the living room. That's the last time anyone saw her alive. Tamla was the only smoker at the house that evening. She had gone out multiple times to smoke and had left her cigarette butts on the back porch on the ledge. Jose told me while he was cleaning up the following morning, he found an unlit cigarette and a lighter laying on the floor of the porch. The brand of the cigarette matched the smoked cigarettes belonging to Tamla. The toxicology report found that Tamla's blood alcohol content was 0.283, which is nearly three times the legal driving limit, and that she also had both marijuana and Xanax in her system. Xanax and booze, they don't mix well. Past all this that I'd mentioned, there's one huge thing that stands out to me that is missing to make this a homicide. Motive. From all I can tell, there is none. If you wanted to kill someone, you wouldn't do it with a party with so many people close by. And even if somehow they all conspired with it, keeping a straight story between that many people is damn near impossible. And past that, if your plan was to kill someone, pushing that someone off a 14-foot deck, that is not a fall that will 100% of the time kill the person that's falling. There are dozens of other ways to kill someone. I truly hate that this happened. 
I don't like hearing of things like this. Could it have been prevented? Who knows? But either way, I'm not happy in the least that it went down at all. A woman lost her life, and their family lost a mother and a wife. A couple episodes ago, in the episode called Suicide or Homicide, my opinions went past the findings of what the investigators and medical examiners said. I did not agree with them. This case, my opinion actually stands pretty firm with what they say. Just like in that last episode I was talking about, I could be completely wrong in this, but looking through all the evidence, that's kind of what I think. But then again, I'm just a dispatcher waiting for that phone to ring again. If you like this and other episodes, be sure to share with others. The show continues to grow, and I would love to see it keep doing so. I'd like to say hello to all the new listeners and those new patrons over Patreon who are now enjoying ad-free episodes. If you'd like to do the same, head over to patreon.com slash musiccity911. Keep up to date with the general goings-on with the show over at facebook.com slash musiccity911pod and join in on the discussion of the episodes in the past and just some general talking around at the Music City 911 podcast discussion group also on Facebook. Be sure to check out the Twitter and Instagram pages both at Music City 911 and most recently put up. Check out some of the videos on TikTok also at Music City 911. Be sure to share, like, and comment on those videos as it helps keep the videos going in the big picture of TikTok. That'll about do it for this episode. From Music City 911, I'm Brandon, and you'll have a good one.